Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. I think I'm on. I turned it on and I stood up. I'm like, what? It was caught on the chair. So sorry, I apologize for that. Oh, it's going to be a good message. <laughs> well, good morning. My name is Matt. Uh, I am the director of newcomers and weekend services here at Lighthouse. And we, if you've been around for the last few weeks, we've been in a series. Um, it's entitled Life Hacks, Living Our Faith. Wait, that's today's Life Hack. Yeah. What is it? I don't even know what it is. <laughs> Can we just start over? It's up there. Where's it at? You put it up there again. It's called this. Life hacks. Practical advice from the book of James. Oh, yeah. So, so we've started these messages with um, some life hacks of our own. Um, Clinton Rose, they've, they've taught in the last few weeks, and so they've shared some. Some of the life hacks have been pretty good, like, yeah, and some of them, not so much. But today, my life hack, I did not find on the internet. I created my own life hack. And so here's the life hack that I created. As you know, here in the state of Indiana, um, July 1st, you can no longer hold your cell phone up to your ear while you're driving, so you have to, and so I'm like, okay, I need to be able to like mount my phone in my car. Well, I've had one of those it, like suction cups to the window and you put your phone in there. Well, it broke and it won't, it keeps falling down off the window. So a couple weeks ago, I bought uh, a new one. This cell phone holder is designed to go into your um, register vent in your car. You go, you put it in there and you clamp it down and, and then you, I can put my phone in here and, and it holds it. My wife has one in, in her car and it works fairly well. So I get this and I, and I put it in there and I, and I put my phone in here and then the register vent goes and it basically like, it sits there like upside down like this because my register vent isn't strong enough to hold the, the weight of the cell phone up. So I'm like, okay, what do I do now? I, want, I like having that mounted. So what do I do? I don't want to buy a new, you know, I spent money on this. I don't want to just pitch it and buy a new one. So I'm like, what can I do? Well, I started looking around my dash and I found a way. So what I did was I've taken this clothespin, very technical clothespin here, and I can mount the cell phone holder and clamp it onto this clothespin like so clothespin sticks out. Then I take this clothespin and I have an older vehicle. So I put this where the cassette tape in the car, I put it and I just jam this clothespin into where the cassette tape goes and it holds my phone up like this. It doesn't fall down. I can actually like see my cell phone. So that is my life hack. There's only two things wrong with this. With the, number one, I can't play my mixtapes anymore in my tape deck. <laughs> and the second thing is, it really doesn't work that well. It holds it up this way, but then it like slides all around. Like if I turn the corner, it'll go whoop, and it'll face the other way. So, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure how much of a life hack uh, that really is. But, but like I said, we're in a series where we've been 
walking through the book of James and taking what we call life hacks out of those. So today we're gonna read some scripture and I'm gonna give you four life hacks that actually do work if we, if we apply them, not like my cell phone holder that doesn't work. We are going to um, look at this scripture and come up with four life hacks with that. So we will be in James chapter two, and we're gonna cover verses 14 through 26. Uh, we'll get there in a minute. Um, but yeah, let me, let me go ahead and pray for the message and then we'll dig right in. So, so God, we just thank you for, for this morning. Um, God, I, right now, I just pray, I pray against the enemy from, uh, from entering into this room. I know there was some little snafus early, but um, yeah, we pray against that. So, so just use me today, God, um, to be your words. And I pray for all those that are listening that, uh, that you just open their hearts and their minds for, for what you have for them today. As we, as we talk about these life hacks, um, just put something practical under their heart and into their minds that they can use going forward. Yeah, we pray for, for the Holy Spirit presence throughout this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So I will start, again, we're in James 2. I'm gonna read a few verses and then um, I'm gonna stop and give you a life hack. So we'll start in verse 14. You can follow along in your Bible or it will come up on the screen. So James 2.14 says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Such, uh, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. And so I'm going to pause there. You probably heard two words that were common in there, faith and deeds. In my Bible, the, the, this section, this whole section of what we're going to talk about today is titled Faith in Deeds. And so I thought, well, if we're going to talk about faith and deeds, let's, let's look at the Greek and let's define them. And so faith is this, it's this Greek word, all those Greek letters, and then it pronounced pistis in Greek, but it's basically, it's a belief, a trust, or a confidence. That's what faith is. So a lot of times you'll, you'll talk, um, like my faith in God. If I have faith in God, that means I have a, a trust in God. I have a trust that the things that, that he says to me that, that are in his word are gonna come true. I have never had a physical face-to-face -face encounter with God where he showed up as a human, but yet I still trust that he is there. I still trust that his, that his word is, is true. So there's that faith. I put my faith in that, okay? So that's faith, a belief, a trust, a confidence. Then the second word is deeds, which is ergon. A deed, like many of you know, it's, it's a task, an action. I like the word where they said it's work, okay? But, it, but it's that, I'll use that word a lot. I, whenever I think of deeds, I think of the word action. It's an action. 
And so you're going to hear a lot today in this, in this section of scripture where it talks about putting this faith together with deeds or action, putting your trust and your, your belief together with action. And I started thinking about things that were together and I started thinking about, it's kind of weird, but I thought about cinnamon. I like cinnamon, like cinnamon sugar. Um, I like cinnamon rolls or a cinnamon on my toast. Uh, this morning I woke up and I had cinnamon toast crunch, which is my favorite cereal. And so, but, but, I, but I start thinking about cinnamon and I think most of us, and, and I might be wrong with this, but I would say that when we think of cinnamon, we actually think of cinnamon and sugar together. Anybody do that where they take the, the ground cinnamon and you mix it with the sugar and then that's what you put on your toast, right? And it is true and, and, and that's good. But then if you break them down, so cinnamon, the actual spice of cinnamon, right? When we get it, it's, it's ground up into this little powder. And by itself, Cinnamon is, it's good. It's good. You can, you can still use it. You can sprinkle on your toast or sometimes I'll put it in my applesauce just like that. And it's still, it's good. Then on the other hand, you have sugar. And again, sugar by itself is good. If you take just sugar granules and you sprinkle it in your tongue or whatever, it'd be sweet and it would be, it would be good. But then if you take the two that are separate that are good, the cinnamon and the sugar, and you put them together, it becomes something that is great. And, and again, I could put, put them together separate, but, but together, I, that's why I put cinnamon sugar together on my toast. And so if we think of faith and deeds in the same way, it's the same thing. Faith by itself is good. Having a confidence or having a trust in, in God, that's good. Doing good works, having actions and doing deeds, that's good as well. But when you put them together, when you put your faith and your deeds together, it becomes something that is, that is great. In verse 17, it says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action is dead. And so that, that word accompanied, that means putting it together, coming along with. So whenever we see faith, it should be accompanied or action should be right there with it. And so I started thinking about, about some examples of what that means in my life and in, others, in, in today's society. So I thought of, of praying. And if we look at the scripture, it says, um, if someone says, I'm going peace and keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing for their physical needs, what good is that? So what that looks like today would be, if somebody comes to you and they're hungry and you pray for them, well, that's great. But did that, does the prayer do anything for their hunger? Not really. But if we have an action with that and you say, hey, I'm gonna pray for you, let me buy you a meal. It fills their belly. That is way better than just praying for them. Or if somebody is sick and you say, well, I'm gonna come visit you and I'm gonna spend some time with you. That's great but they may have some needs as well. Maybe you could say, hey, is there a prescription I could go get for you or something at the, you know, at the store? Maybe if they're sick, they haven't been able to go out, can I, get you some, can I get you some cinnamon toast crunch and bring it to, you know what I mean? But you, can, but you can have an action with that. You have this faith, but you put the action together and it actually, it can soothe their needs. 
Okay, that is what putting, putting faith and deeds together is for us. And as, and as I, was, I was putting this message together, I've been working on it actually for several weeks, but God has really convicted me in this because I don't think I'm the greatest at putting my faith and my actions together. I started thinking about the number of times that I drive down the road and I'll see somebody walking and I don't stop and at least say like, hey, where are you heading? Can, I, can, I, can you jump in? I'll take you there. You get there quicker. Uh, I live right off of um, Lincoln Way Avenue. If you're familiar with that, it goes from Elkhart to Mishawaka all the way to South Bend. And, and I'll see people, there's no sidewalks on that road. And I'll a lot of times see people walking on the, on the road and my mind, my faith has this, oh, I should see where they're going. But I have not once ever stopped and said, hey, need a ride? I haven't done it. That would be taking my faith and my actions and my deeds and putting them together. Because see, when we do that, when we put our faith and our deeds together, we could be the answer to somebody's prayer. I'll go back to the hunger. If somebody's hungry, they could be praying for an answer for that hunger. And if we buy them a meal or bring them food, we could be the answer to that prayer. And that really struck with me when I was putting this together that, that, that we need to do those things so we can be the answer to some people's prayers. God created us as humans to do those things. He created us to, to do action, to have deeds, to do works. Uh, I started thinking about uh, in, in the Old Testament, we're familiar with uh, Moses parting the Red Sea, right? The Israelites are coming out, they come to the, the Red Sea and it's, they can't get across. And so Moses raises his hands up and they cross into, on the dry land. You know, God could have done that all on his own. God didn't really need Moses. He could have, he could have said, well, uh, part in the season, you go across. But that's not the way he works. He needed Moses to raise his hands with his staff and it parted the Red Sea. The walls of Jericho, they fell. Just miraculous, boom, they fall down. Okay, what happened there was people marched for seven straight days around the walls of Jericho. After the seventh day, they did it seven times, then that's when the walls fell. Again, did God need those people for that to happen? No, God could have went boom and the walls could have fallen, but he didn't. He used people. He used their actions to perform his miracles. And if we look at the greatest miracle in Jesus, God could have saved us from our sins because he's in charge of everything. He could have said, you're saved, but he didn't. He sent his son, he sent a human, a person to do that for us. God created us to have action, to take our faith and to put it into action. And so that's life hack number one. You can write this down if you want. It says, the best way to have faith is to put it into action. So 
So let's move on in our scripture. We are at verse 19. It says, you believe that there is one God. Good, even the demons believe that and they shudder. And I'm gonna pause after just this one verse. You believe that there is one God. Good, even the demons believe that and shudder. And so if we look at that and if we change that word believe to faith, it sounds like this. You have faith that there's one God? Well, good. Even the demons have faith in that. And so what God is telling us in this one scripture is have faith, but you need to have more than faith. You need to have more than just faith. He's saying, yeah, you have great. You have faith, that's awesome. Well, the demons, they have faith as well. It's a challenge to us to go one step farther or multiple steps farther. There are atheists out there, people that don't believe in God. There are um, non-Christians or unbelievers. I'll even say, I'll even go, I'll say like, I'll call them anti-Christians. You guys maybe, there there are people out there that are anti-Christian. But atheists and anti-Christians, there are some of them that know scripture. They understand scripture better than I do. They really know it. But the difference between anti-Christians and Christians is the action steps. Because the Bible, this book right here, it's gonna give you a a lot of information. We have faith that this is true. But God says, Now take that faith, take what's in here, and put it to use, put action to it. I really like the song that we sang, um, the one that went, sing a little louder, right? Part of the lyrics there was when it said, sing a little louder, louder than the unbelief. And so if we say that, sing a little, it means go one step further. Sing louder than those unbelievers. Go one step, in the sing, if you think of that as the action, go one step further than the unbelievers. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, for the word of God is alive and active. So this Bible, this Bible is alive and active. But you know who, who makes it active? We do. We make it active. Scripture will tell us, there's a a parable that Jesus told that a lot of times is labeled as the Good Samaritan. I think we may be familiar with, with being called a Good Samaritan. That's a parable, that's a story that's in the Bible that Jesus tells. But Jesus didn't tell us that story and God didn't put, put, the story of the Good Samaritan in the Bible just to make us feel good and be like, oh yeah, that's a good story. He put it in the Bible so we learn it and we act on it so we can be good Samaritans ourselves. And that's just one example of of what we need to put action to. Even Jesus himself didn't come and preach said, it says it several times, I'm paraphrasing, but said, just as the son of man did not come to serve, but are to, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. So if we wanna be like Jesus, we need to serve. We need to put action to our faith. And so that's life hack number two. 
being a Christian is more than just belief. Being a Christian is more than just belief. It's an action with it as well. All right, so let's move on to verse 20. Verse 20 says, You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? So again, I'm going to pause there. I'm going to pause there just to, to tell you about the story of Abraham and his son Isaac. Some of you might be familiar with this. But basically, Abraham uh, was a figure from the Old Testament very early in the Bible in Genesis. If you want to read this, I believe it's Genesis chapter 22, round in there. It might be take up a couple more chapters. But Abraham really wanted a son. And he prayed to God, God, please give me a son. Please give me a son. And so God promised him a son. Well, Abraham with his wife, Sarah, they had Isaac, the son, when Abraham was 100 years old. So essentially for 100 years, right, he's been praying, give me a son, give me a son. When he's 100, he had that son. And so think about it. If you've been waiting for something for 100 years, you're gonna be pretty joyful when you get that, right? So, Isaac, or so Abraham obviously loved Isaac. Well, then God comes to, to Abraham and says, okay, that son I gave you, take him up to this mountain and sacrifice him for me. Sacrifice him to me. Without beating around the bush, that basically he said, go up there and kill your son for me. The son that he's been praying about for a hundred years. Some of us in the room have sons or daughters. All of us in the room are sons or daughters. I don't know about you, my son who's sitting right over there, my daughter that's sitting right over there, I don't think I'm gonna take him up to the mountain to, to kill them, to sacrifice them. Even for God, that would be hard for me. But what, what happened? Abraham did. He put an action to that faith. He had faith in God. Let's read on. We'll, we'll kind of finish up this story about what happens to Abraham. But read on, reading on in verse 22, it says, you see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. So if you are familiar with that story, Isaac did not get killed. Abraham's son Isaac did not get killed on the mountain. When he went, when, when Abraham took him up there, there was a, a sheep that, that appeared and they were able to sacrifice that sheep instead of his own son. Because what happened when, when Abraham took that faith in God that trust and that belief in God, and he put an action to it, God took care of him. God took care of that situation. God knew all along that if, that if Abraham acted on that, that he wouldn't have to kill his son Isaac. He knew that. But it was that action step 
that made it come true. And so I was thinking about this, that, that story, it, it, it's one of those stories in the Bible that it just sounds kind of crazy, like, whoa, he's gonna sacrifice his own son. But that's where the faith and the deeds together. If Abraham would have done that without the faith in God, it would have sounded really crazy. Like, I'm, oh, I'm gonna go on the mountain and, and kill, our, kill my son. If we did that now, that would sound crazy because we don't have to because, because God did this exact same thing. He took his son and basically killed him on that cross. So we don't have to, so I don't have to take my son and go to the mountain and kill him. I don't have to do that anymore. But if I would say, hey, I'm gonna take him and go, it would sound crazy because there would be no faith within it. And there are gonna be some things that you do in your life when you, when, you, when you put deeds to them that are gonna sound crazy to others, that are gonna sound crazy to this world. But when you have faith with it, it's not crazy. For us, my wife and I, several years ago, um, we sold our house. One of our dreams was to build our own house. And we were married for, I don't know, a year or two, and we were able to do that. So we built this house, like we designed it and, and it, we loved it. Well, then God told us, I got different plans for you. And we had to sell that house. We went, we took jobs into ministry. And so part of that was we had to sell our house. We knew we had faith in God in that. And so for us, it made perfect sense. It was still hard and it was still, there was sad emotions in that, but it made sense. Some others that we knew that didn't have that same faith, it was crazy to them. How could you sell this house? You built this house. Now you're gonna sell this house and you're gonna go live in this rental house? Like it was crazy. But when you put the faith and the deed, the deed by itself is gonna be crazy, but when you put the faith there, it makes sense. It makes sense. And the same thing can then happen the opposite. If you have the faith and you don't put the deed with it, that doesn't work either. So if Abraham heard from God and said, I want you to take your son up to the, up in, in, to the altar and sacrifice him for me, if Abraham would have said, no, I don't want this, I'm not gonna do that, he would not have been considered the father of, of our faith. In chapter 22 of Genesis, it says this, it says, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this, taking your son up to the altar, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of cities, of their enemies, and through your offspring. All nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. So he took this faith and he put an action to it and he followed through and God took care of him. He took care of him in the fact that he didn't have to sacrifice his son but he, he, he blessed all the nations. Basically, everything that Abraham touched, he blessed it. 
And the same thing will happen to you as well. When you put an action to your faith, God will bless you. How do I know it? Because he did it to Abraham. If he did it to Abraham, he'll do it to you. I've seen that in my life. We sold our house, we put an action to it, and several years later, we were able to purchase a house that is better for us. It fits our needs way better than the house we had before. And I'm convinced that it was because we put an action to our faith. And God said, you're doing this, and we did it, and he blessed us. And if he'll bless me, I'm not that special. If he'll bless me, he'll bless you. So life hack number three is faith plus action. Add them together. Faith plus actions equals a righteous reputation. Because that's what Abraham had. He had a righteous reputation. We'll finish up with our last two verses here. Verses 25 and 26. It says, in the same way, was not even Rahab a prostitute considered righteous for what she had did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Let me talk about Rahab. This scripture even says that Rahab was a prostitute. Prostitutes in this time probably have the same reputation as what we think of prostitutes nowadays, but probably even worse. A lot of times prostitutes were even, they were even killed for that sinful behavior. But that's what Rahab was. But Rahab wasn't killed. She was actually listed in the Bible. There is in Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 is commonly known as the faith chapter. And actually between services, somebody talked, we talked about the hall of fame. The term I hear is what they call it, the hall of faith. So you have all these people that had a lot of faith and they're listed in this chapter. Some of the names are Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, all these figures that are very familiar to us because of what they did and the faith that they had. They're mentioned in Hebrews 11, along with, Rahab, the prostitute, because of her faith. She's mentioned with all those guys. And the reason that she's mentioned is because she acted on her faith. Here's the story. The story of Rahab is found in Joshua chapter two. So I'll, I'll paraphrase that story. So the Israelites are, are, are promised the promised land by God, right? And so Moses, so they, well, they, they crossed the, the um, Red Sea and they wandered in the desert for 40 years and they're getting ready to, to cross. And God says, you're gonna go across um, the Jordan River into the promised land. At this point, Moses has passed away. And so Joshua's in charge. Well, Joshua sends spies out to Jericho to, to see what's ahead of them. Okay, we're gonna take over the city of Jericho. Let's go and let's see what, what, what we're getting ourselves into. So they send these spies. Well, they get there and the king doesn't want the spies there because the king knows, he, you know, oh, here's the, some spies there. I don't want them there. So the king wants to, to kill these spies. Well, Rahab basically takes the spies into her home and she hides them. Well, the king even finds out that the spies are hiding at Rahab's house. So they come, knock on the door. 
okay, where are the spies? Rahab, where are the spies? She said, oh, they're not here. I think they left. I think they went that way. And so the king says, okay, and he sends all his men that way. Well, once they're gone, what happens? Rahab then says, okay, they're gone. She tells the spies, okay, you guys go that way. They're gone. And, and she lived at the wall of the city, so they climbed down the wall and they went that way. She basically hid the spies and saved their lives. And the spies were then able to go back and tell Joshua what to expect. So when they, when they overtook the city, they, they knew what was, what was coming at them. And so because of that, because of those actions, Rahab is mentioned with all those other guys about her faith. Because here's the deal. Rahab knew she had faith of what was gonna happen. She knew that God had promised the Israelites this land. But if she would not have hid those spies, it would have not have fulfilled God's promise to get the Israelites into the promised land. And also, Rahab would have been killed. She would have been killed. In Hebrews 11, verse 31, it says, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, because she had that action, was not killed with those who were disobedient. It saved her life. She was not killed. It saved her life. And so if we look at the big idea of, of the scripture today, that big idea is about that. It's about life. The final verse of our uh, of James, James 2.26, it says, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. The New Living Translation says it this way. It says, just as the body is dead without breath, so faith is dead without good works. So if we have this faith, we don't do anything with it, our faith dies. And I started thinking about that death and, and it made me think of, I, I remember to this day, the first funeral that I ever went to. I was probably five or six years old. I still remember her name was Karen Booker. It was um, my mom and dad's, was one of their friends. She had died in a car accident. And I went and, and I, I think I went, my parents took me at a young age because it was like that teachable moment for them. Like, hey, you're gonna experience this. Like, I think you're old enough now. Like, you know, kind of be, they're trying to teach me. So I, I remember this to this day. We're standing up by the, the casket. I was with my mom. We're looking and she says to me, again, in that teachable moment, she says, look, it just looks like she's sleeping, doesn't it? And I'll never forget that because in my head, it, when I was that age and even still to this day, like it, when I look at a, at a body in a casket, it doesn't look like they're just sleeping. It's different because when we die, it's different than just sleeping. When we die, our spirit leaves us and it's okay, it's not like a, a, our spirit leaves us. But, but, it, but we're dead, it's different. And the reason I say that is because the scripture, right, it says, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without actions is dead. So if we don't have actions, it's not like our faith is just waiting, it's dead. And the reason I say that is because we can't let that happen. We can't let our faith die 
by a lack of actions or a lack of deeds. Acting on faith gives us life. That's the fourth life hack that you can write down. Acting on our faith gives us life. I'm going to talk to you about when I was convicted for the first time on on this, on on putting actions with my faith. We had been going to our old church for somewhere between six months and a year. I was sitting in a service, and I still remember I was sitting, if if this were the the sanctuary, it was a little longer than this, but I I was sitting right over here, about two-thirds of the way back, right on the end of the row. And the preacher said something pretty close to this. He said, If you're going to come and just sit, then go sit somewhere else. And all the lights in the room, they turned towards me and they spotlighted on me and the preacher was pointing at me. No, he wasn't, but that's what it felt like to me, right? He wasn't, but that's what it felt like because it was so convicting to me. The preacher said it, but it wasn't coming from him. It was coming from God. And the reason I bring that up is because I was so convicted that we started to serve. I got on the maintenance team. And then from there, I became the leader of the maintenance team and then on staff. And then, and God just took that and, and molded me. But you know what he did? He gave me life. He gave me life. That happened probably six years ago six, seven, five, somewhere between five and seven years ago. If you look at my life in the last five or seven years, it's totally different because he gave me life. God gave me life. It was all by putting my faith and my deeds together, putting them together. So I'm going to call Krista up here. She's going to start the keys. There she is. She's going to play. And, and, and as I was thinking about this and what we could pray about with this message, it, it kind of goes back to that day to where I was pointed at by the preacher in my head, right? When, when God convicted me. From that day, I decided to say yes. To say yes to putting some actions with my faith. And so I think that's what I wanna, I wanna pray for us about. And I do wanna share this. This week I was asked this question. And it's a question that I'm gonna regularly ask myself in all areas of my Christian walk. The question was this. If being a Christian were illegal today, would you be convicted and found guilty be found guilty of being a Christian based on evidence. So based on your actions. And it really hit me. And so I'm gonna ask you that. We're talking about faith and actions or faith and deeds. Would you be considered guilty of being a Christian today based on your actions? It's one of those places where you want to be guilty. I want to be guilty of that. 
And so as we pray, I wanna pray for those, not for those that want to say yes to that, but I wanna pray for the ones that need to say yes to that. I don't know if that makes any sense. But basically what I'm saying is you're, you're gonna say yes when God says, here's the faith that I've given you and you wanna say, yes, I'm gonna do this. If that's you, then I want you to stand where you are. If you're at home, you can stand in your living room as well. But if that's anybody in here that resonates with you, and I don't know if I wordsmith this just right, but if you're ready to say, yes, God, give me some actions and yes, I wanna do that. If that's you, I'm just gonna ask you to stand where you are and then we're gonna pray for you. is when I started to say yes to that action. Changed my life, absolutely. I would not be here if I wouldn't have responded to that. So we don't have to lay hands on, but if you're around, if you just would point your hands towards these ladies that are up here, I'm gonna pray for them. God, we thank you for, for them saying yes to your faith. You can, I can see their faith right now because they're standing for you, God. That is showing their trust in you. That's showing their faith in you. So I ask now, God, that, that you give them the courage and the self-discipline and the energy to say yes to what you have for them. To say yes, that, that they wanna put an action to their faith. And God, we trust in your word that it, when it says that, that they will no longer be dead. So that is life to me, God. So I pray life into them. Life into them because they're saying yes. They're saying yes to, to doing what, what you are calling them to do. We thank you again. We thank you for, for your faithful to, faithfulness to us, God. And so we wanna be faithful to you. Why don't the rest of you stand and I'll say a closing prayer and then we'll be dismissed. So God, we come to you and you have created 
good. You've created a lot of good. There's a lot of, of, of good in this room. I thank you for that. So God, as my final prayer today is, as we talk about faith that is good and deeds that are good, God, I pray that all of us in the room, that we would put those together and you would make us great. great as, a, as an individual, great as a church body, great as a big C Christian. We want to show you our faith through our deeds. We thank you for speaking to us today, God. In your mighty name that we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us this morning. Um, take your time as you leave. We sometimes bottleneck um, at the doors. We just want to kind of maintain some distance. And also, if you have any prayer requests, if you would just stay in your seat, we have a prayer team that will come and pray for you. Other than that, you guys are dismissed. Thanks. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.